I think creativity is the absolute number one most important recipe to having a successful makerspace because it's not just about a makerspace. You want a makerspace that's going to, it's basically the, I don't see the point of a makerspace unless it's, unless it's going to give birth to a program that's going to uh, help kids who are not going to receive um, what they need or what they desire, what they seek from the traditional you know, classroom. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start It Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Man, am I excited today. We have on two guests, Chance Dickerson and Bernard Hankins of the A3 House, that is the Albemarle Alternative Arts House in Albemarle County Public Schools. These guys have created, I don't want to say a makerspace, I don't want to say an innovation class, it's a hybrid of a lot of things, but no matter what these guys do, they are producing at a high level. They have a YouTube channel. They have shows at the end of the year. They have showcases of student talent across the board. And most of all, they are passionate about bringing these opportunities to our students. And for those reasons, I was introduced to them by a superintendent. And she says, you, you got to have these guys on. You won't regret it. And I said, okay, let's see what you got. And they delivered. Make sure you stick around to the end of the episode. Get their contact information. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Check out what they do because, you know, some schools talk about some of the cool things they're doing in their makerspaces and at A3 House. You can hear it and see it and just see the passion pour out from some of these kids. So uh, I know you're going to thoroughly enjoy this one. Uh, Please share this one. I think this one's really important. So without further ado... Chance Dickerson and Bernard Hankins. All right, so I'm excited now because I'm joined by Chance Dickerson and Bernard Hankins. So when I put the word out that I was looking for some teachers that are doing cool things, surprise, surprise, your superintendent said, oh, I know, I know the guys you need to talk to. So tell us a little bit about where you're located and some of these awesome things you guys got going on. Well, we're located inside a, a, a public high school and um, we operate out of a program called A3 House, which stands for Albemarle Alternative Arts House. And it's a program, it's a student support program that's been running for four years now. And it started um, in the library of our school as a, as a music recording studio. But in the last couple of years, it's really branched out and evolved into a creative incubator for um, students to pursue all kinds of personal passions and entrepreneurial endeavors, um, ranging from fashion to photography to music industry and really anything that they are uh, passionate about. Yeah, I love it. Um, Matter of fact, you guys have done quite a few YouTube videos and you guys put it out there, which is so near and dear to my heart because like a lot of times if people are doing it, people need to see it. Uh, And then sometimes we run into schools that like they say they're doing it and then, you know, Kind of are, and kind of you're smiling. Uh, I've seen some really cool things. Now you guys kind of do it upright, but before we get to like the showcase and all that good stuff, like walk me through the process. Is it like the the videos have I seen? Is that like a, a culmination of the entire year, or do you guys have like more than one event a year, or what, what's going on there? Well, if you're talking about the video, I think you're talking about uh, our showcase that we did last year. At yes, the- that one. Yeah. So that was a showcase uh, that's been going on for three years. This is only my second year here at Albemarle. So Chance helped start the program and I started working here last year. So 
couple years before they've done it in the school, but last year we did it outside of the school, you know, at a cool art park in the downtown area of Charlottesville. So it's basically like a combination festival performance. So we had everything from music performances to drone photography, people cutting hair on the spot, doing eyebrow threading, graffiti painting, uh, culinary arts. So basically it showcased all of the individual passions that students had throughout the year and brought them together in one big place all at the same time, celebration and festival as the, you know, kind of driving force behind everything. Yeah. I mean, you guys had a little bit of everything in the video I saw and, and um, it was, I, I'm, I'm assuming towards the end of the school year. Yeah. Yeah. It was in April. So a couple months before school was out. And so <laughs> other than you guys um, doing this for the students, when you said a three is when you say an alternative program. So tell me about why, you know, what, what is the alternative to, is this like a, for second chance for the school or is this alternative as in like it's alternative to traditional methods? Yeah. The latter it's alternative to traditional methods and the fact that, you know, our school offers, um, a lot of different uh, artistic outlets. We have a photography class. We have a graphic des design class. We have, you know, band and drama, and we, you know, we have a wide range of um, different creative uh, courses that kids can choose from. Um, however, this is the only place where they can really choose how they want to pursue uh, that content and how they want to apply it to um, to their lives, to their projects, to their personal passions. Um, so, for instance, I could take a, a, a photography class and um, and I will learn a great deal of like technique and skill um, about photography. Um, but in A3 House, being as an alternative program, I can pursue it uh, to the extent that I desire. And I also am not like obligated to um, to learn uh, to learn uh, according to a curriculum. So if I want to, uh, use photography to make an album cover and that's all I want to use it for all year, I just want to make album covers every day, then that's totally cool. And so we kind of let kids have, um, complete free range and freedom to, to use, uh, skills, uh, that they acquire from us or, um, through, the, through their own, uh, research or just from YouTube even. And, uh, we're just giving the freedom to, to use it how they, how they will. Awesome. All right. Before I get into some of the bumps in the road, I know you have a student there with you. Yes. Could you, uh, <laughs> hey, what's up? Could you uh, introduce yourself? Uh, hi, my name is Myla. Um, okay. So I've got on the Myla from Forever Told. I did my research, Myla. I saw your videos on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know you're going to have a fan, huh? actually found her like music video yeah yeah well I, I so actually let me let me get into that so one of the things that i loved right so when your superintendent passed me along to your stuff i'm like okay okay i love it when people showcase their stuff right um because like whenever you ask people um you know youngsters you're like what do you want to do I, so many people say i want to be a youtube influencer a youtube person i'm like okay where's your youtube channel well i don't have one well then do it and so I, the first thing I look for is that, you know, uh, the A3 house has their own YouTube channel. And yeah, I, I, I'm almost positive you had one. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your experience there with the class and you as a producer, not just a consumer. 
the hard part of it was like producing kind of the music video that was the hardest thing that I that I ex- experienced because I've never really done that before um I've always just like written and recorded or and like performed it live but I never I never really had a chance to like have a videotape of the song it was, it, we had a lot of fun yeah so obviously um in watching it and like you, you know you had you had your teacher in it and and you did some really cool shots now I, i'm did you do the majority of the work from school or did you do any of that after school or on the weekends kind of thing well because it was a summer program is all in that summer program i did some of it after school after the program and then um i did most of it inside the time that we we had in the program so obviously you you guys have put a premium on creativity and showcasing it so when when you said earlier like we give them a lot of free reign we got give them a lot of choice i talked to a lot of teachers who um they want to do these kind of things right and a lot of the, a lot of the kickback I get is, well, Don, I tried to do these things, and I, I ask the kids, "What do you want to do?" And then they look at me and they stare at me blankly. You're, no, okay, this is not a video. When I'm doing this audio, you're you're smiling and you're trying not to laugh. Uh, walk me through how you get them to. I hate to say it, how do you get them to be creative? Because I mean, it's it is a really tedious task for a lot of kids. Well, I think one of the first steps to getting someone, I mean, it's interesting to use the term to get them to be creative. I think that, you know, everyone is already creative. Um, I think that the creative spirit gets stunted a lot of times in like high school by just the high school uh, culture, uh, high, uh, the educational culture that we find in high schools. I don't really get kids to be creative. Um we just don't obligate them to do a certain thing. So we kind of remove obligation from the table. So they're not forced to create because a lot of times, you know, you go into a creative classroom, it's like, yes, you have to create and you have to create in this way. And so I think of it a lot of times as language. Um, I don't know a student's language until I get to know them. And so if I'm trying to get them to create and my language for creativity, say is, uh, is painting or hip hop, if they don't speak that language and I'm like, all right, create this way, then they're going to look at you and just be like, what do you like? Okay. What do you mean? So I think just um, giving them time and space to explore different options is sort of the first step towards allowing them to create in their own way through their own language. So, so this year, especially Bernard had a grand idea of the first two weeks of school, there was absolutely like no assignment, no work, no project. There was just, nothing nothing obligated to the student they had um, all class period for two weeks to just explore the space so they could like mess around with beats they could use the cameras go outside take pictures they could try their hand at recording and we were kind of there just to help them with the equipment and you know there's a lot of like digital um, sort of uh, uh, privy that you need to have and so we were just kind of there to on the side to kind of guide them um, but they were choosing what they wanted to do. And some just wanted to like sit and talk. So Bernard being a philosopher, he would just spark philosophical conversations with them. And like unknowingly, we're like tapping into a whole world that they they have access to, but we didn't have access to until we sat down and talked with them. So sometimes creativity doesn't always express itself visually. It can be verbally or even just through thought. I think that's a piggyback off that. 
I mean, one simple thing that I do is I sit down with the students and I ask them the very simple question, what do you like? I mean, yeah. you would think that's obvious, but I don't think most schools ask kids, what no. are you already interested in? 99% don't. <laughs> and so to me, that is the doorway to the answer you're looking for, because there's some kids who are like, oh, I like to talk about fashion or celebrities. And so then we form the projects around that. I say, okay, instead of trying to make you do this agenda, like if you're already talking about fashion and blogs and celebrities, why don't we do a podcast on what you're already doing anyway, so that the sure. energy flow and the direction of what's happening, we're just tapping into that. So there's already creative, I guess the way to put it is there's already a creative stream running. We're just taking the pipe and putting it next to the stream and saying, all right, let's funnel that, you know, towards our, our program. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and, but I'm, I'm not going to let you get away with that just quite yet. Hold on. So I love the whole first two weeks they explore. That's, that's just genius. I'm probably will steal that next year. Um, Cause I have an innovation class where they can um, do what they feel compelled to do in a lot of ways, but um, here's, and, and we almost kind of have a running joke about it. Uh, we say like the first couple weeks are the new year's resolution. The rest of the school year is the resolution. <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to bash my kids. I've, I've got a fairly high success rate now, but in hearing from a lot of teachers, when they say, Hey, what do you love? You, you'll get one of kind of three answers. I'm being very general, but mm-hmm. answer one is, what do you want me to do? How do I get the A, right? How do I guarantee get the A? Answer number two is, I don't know. And answer three is, um, I'll just, just give me something so I can be done, right? right. And, and, and I like, because I know that if I would have the, the conversation, like, what do you love? Well, I love celebrity gossip. What do you want to do about it? I don't know. Let's talk about Kim and Kanye. Okay, that's not producing anything. And obviously, like, you know, you're talking about like having them produce a podcast or something along those lines. So, but what do you do with the kid that just likes to talk, that just likes to, to, to have the dream without the execution? Or, or do you get them always to execute? Well, it's never 100%. I think that there's definitely, it really depends on, there's a lot of different uh, variables, whether like what is their, what is their motivation for being at school, being the first one? So like, are they here because they're forced to be here? Are they here because they just want to get good grades and go to college? Are they here because they actually want to pursue a dream? And so um, where they fall in that spectrum, we don't know until we like sit down and start talking with them. In my experience, they really start to show um, what they're actually passionate about. I mean, it's not on a uh, particular timeline. So, you know, you can't, we can't say, okay, well, by, by the end of the first two weeks, you need to know exactly what you want to do for the rest of the year because sometimes they just don't know, and there's a lot of different things that prevent them from taking that step. So I think a lot of it's just like patient, patience and grace and just like yeah. uh, sitting down and talking with them. There may be, there's a couple of kids that they don't even blossom into a role until second semester. So there's a, a student in yeah. our class right now, you know, first semester, he wasn't doing much of anything. Um, he was trying a little bit of beat making. He was trying a little bit of video editing but he didn't find his groove in either place and so he ended up just coming in and just kind of like getting on his phone a lot so um i was tempted to like really kind of force him to do something because you know it's always uncomfortable when someone's not doing something in your room but i just kind of waited and um slowly started to kind of like build a relationship with him talk to him just about things unrelated to class 
And uh, he eventually told me that he really liked playing video games. And video games is a, is a funny thing because we know that it's something that's trying, it's, you know, school's trying to use video games as an instructional tool, but no one really knows exactly how to do it. And it's kind of seen as, oh, you're just slacking off and like playing a game. Um, but he just wanted to play this online video game. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let you do that. So he just played a game for class periods in a row. And eventually I started thinking, all right, well, do you like to record these games? Maybe you can do like a, 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 um, a, a, a what do you call it? A screen, a screen capture, game capture of your, of your gameplay. And so he was like, okay, I'll try that out. And then, uh, so he captured a game and then he was going on YouTube, just looking at his favorite YouTubers. And he started saying, you know, Mr. D, this sounds really silly, but I kind of want to be a YouTuber. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I talked to my mom about it. She tells me it's a terrible idea. She doesn't support me in it at all. So I'm like, well, do you love, do you like the idea of it? Is it something that you feel passionate about? you feel like it would make you happy? And he's like, yes. It's like, well, let's make you a YouTuber. So we started recording his video games. And then because he wants to create a YouTube uh, channel and create a YouTube following for his gameplay, that's the, the, the drive behind getting him to do video editing. And like we tried to do it before, he wasn't interested in video editing. But when he's editing his gameplay, now he's like all yeah. on fire about it. Like he's coming into our class on every study all period. He's trying to come before school, stay after school. He's trying to come during his other class periods just because he wants to edit his videos and get them posted on his channel. Now, is he like overtly or, co or, or consciously being like, I'm learning video editing right now. I'm learning marketing right now. I'm learning distribution. No, he's just having fun. He just wants to get his his uh, his YouTube uh, video up. And so I think part of it's like we have to kind of like let them play. I think play is a really big element. And uh, if they're not having fun with something, then it's hard to get them to really commit to it or see it as something that is like important to them. There's that was – no, go ahead, Bernard. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to that, but I'll just – uh, simplify and say, you know, when it comes to things like creativity and art, there's an understanding to the artist that there's a such thing as the process. But in our American society, we're very much focused on the product. We say, I was very productive today. You know, what did I produce? So when you're in the school environment, there's always this pressure to have numbers and statistics and products to prove that what you're doing is working. But when you start to bring art in, there's this whole other dimension of hey, you know what, I grew today because I tried something and I became a better person or I learned something to better myself. And so a lot of times I think it's about how are we measuring what is considered the product? You know, is the product actually a CD, a video, a sculpture, or is the product also the person who grew that day that you can't always measure directly, but there is some growth there. You have to spend time in the environment with the students to be like, oh, wow, you didn't do anything last year. This year, you made a whole CD. Now, if you're not in the classroom, it's hard to see that because all you can see is the products. But if you're a teacher in the classroom, you're seeing what's happening with the kids every day. So I think part of the conversation has to be, how do we start having other types of measurements that show there is some other type of product that people just aren't recognizing? It's happening, but people aren't recognizing it. As yeah. Now. Yeah, that's really difficult. Let me try to unpack then because I'm right there in the middle, right? So like, um, there's the, um, there's the artist and there's the starving artist. 
the starving artist doesn't hit deadlines. Um, and that if they've, if they're doing something they're passionate about, eventually, if they got to get their art out to the world, they got to get it out to the world. Like, you, like that's, that's the hard end. The soft end is like, Hey, this is a place. And, and, and at their age, this is a safe place to fail. So somewhere in the middle is, is that like, cause I, chance, I love that story in the sense that we're 90, <laughs> I'm not going to per percentage where a lot of teachers would have said, no, get your butt. No, get it done get it and you know like you were patient you're like okay 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 and what do you oh and by the way side note uh introduce that kid to twitch please uh oh he's all over it yeah. okay good 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 um but like you guys were patient and and you know it's that old adage the, the student doesn't care how much you know until he knows how much you care and twice you said we tried to build a relationship for that i owe you dinner or if i'm ever <laughs> if i'm ever down your way right i just loved loved hearing you and Bernard say we developed the person first, but, but here's the hard part is kind of what I was talking earlier about is, is that, um, you know, somewhere between being like Gary V and somewhere between being like Bob Ross is kind of what we're going for. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. I see uh, what you're saying. I think, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm not. That's, that's, that's who I'm trying to create. And, and, and because, because uh, like when I try to sell what you guys and what like to a large degree, what my class is doing, you'll get an eye roll saying you gave a kid how long to produce what? And then they like, it is those intangibles like Bernard was talking about. Like, I would love it if we would start taking like almost holistic approaches to, hey, we started here and we got there. And even though it doesn't look like it's a, a ton, the person went from this to this. Uh, which is, by the way, why I love your YouTube channel, right? right. Like, you guys are showcasing it. Um, right. and, and this is why, heck, this is the reason why I do the podcast. Like, people are like saying, man, schools just aren't pursuing creativity and innovation and design anymore. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, they are. Check out Chance Dickerson, and which I love that. Check out Bernard Hopkins, which I love that. But when you're trying to convert these new teachers that are open to ideas, um, we need to say, okay, okay, okay. So where, you know, how do you get, how do you motivate that kid? Um, which obviously you, you already answered it. You, you build the relationship first, which I love. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have you pass the mic real quick to Maya again. Um, so, all right, give me the straight scoop. So like you've seen other students like kind of get in that hover zone of they're not quite sure what they want to do. They're not quite positive. Um, how have you seen them work past that? Um, I'm going to say, I hate to say laziness, but you know, sometimes these kids, they, they treat it like school, right? Obviously this class is not like school. So when did, when did those kids that started treating it like school, when did they make that light bulb moment where they started to really dig in and deep on their passion? I feel like in my opinion, it's more, more about when they, when they come to a three house, it's like, they have an opportunity they obviously have an opportunity to do things without the teachers always like nudging them and giving them directions they can here they can literally like think for themselves that's what what I've just I feel like every time I come to the class I'm always like oh I, this is the one class I can be myself and work on and just like have a sense of therapy 
within me because like there's I always have a lot of days where I'm just like really really stressed and I just need it I can't do anything and if one of those days when I have this class it's like either I'm writing whatever it's on my mind or writing song it's either that it's just like I love writing and that's what I focus on my um my passion into and I like that oh so guys um if there again if there's a teacher or an administrator is listening to this and like, okay, okay, we want our kind of our own lab here. Um, and, and not that I know that you guys want to get too prescriptive. Um, but like a couple of years back, everybody fell in love with the makerspace and everybody had to have a 3d printer. Right. And some people have kind of gone backwards on that a little bit. Like maybe, maybe not. in, in uh, for what you guys have found, what are some really essential things, um, that you've had around your classroom essential things as in equipment or as as in personnel i deliberately I wanted to be vague on that <laughs> <laughs> i think most importantly because you're right like i was here at Albemarle when Albemarle county sort of really launched into the maker movement and i'm i'm thankful and really happy that they did but i think a lot of the focus is always placed on the equipment what kind of hardware do you have in your school do you have the 3d printer oh you guys have a music studio what kind of microphones and and and, and mixers and stuff do you have and well do you have like you know a, a, a bunch of power tools and so like it's but i quickly realized that it's not about the equipment in fact i've i've toured schools all up and down the east coast in the last four years sort of uh uh, sharing a three house, but also just trying to gather, you know, information about like these types of programs and other schools. And I saw schools with an abundance of equipment, an abundance of spaces. Um, but I think more importantly, you have to have the right personnel. And I think you have to have someone who is a creative thinker. I think creativity is the absolute number one most important recipe to having a successful makerspace because it's not just about a makerspace you want a makerspace that's going to it's basically the i don't see the point of a makerspace unless it's unless it's going to give birth to a program that's going to uh help kids who are not going to receive um what they need or what they desire what they seek from the traditional you know classroom there's nothing wrong with the traditional classroom i just think that there's certain students that they need something else just because of their culture, their personality, their, um, their temperament, their desires. So the makerspace is literally just a space and a space is, is as empty as it can possibly be unless you fill it with the right people. And so um, the best thing to have in a space to kind of jumpstart something like this in your school is a multidimensional artist who can do a ride, wide array of not only um, visual arts, but also just um, thought art, like the ability to uh, conceptualize ideas um, that are not traditional and that are also not existing yet. So I think we need people who can, who can generate new ideas. That's like Bernard Hankins. He's even helped me with that. Like, and our students, like you were talking about a little earlier about uh, what do you do with the, what do you do? It's either like, uh, you said something about, um, uh, you're talking about the duality between um, like kind of like letting them go free range and, uh, oh, between the two artists, the starving artists and the productive artists. 
And I think that the, the bridge between the starving artist and the productive artist is that you have to be comfortable with the unknown. Not that you must be satisfied with the non-existent, but you must be comfortable with there not, with there not being something to point to. That means you have to be comfortable creating something to point to. And that's a whole philosophy that we have here at A3 House about vision. We love vision because if you don't have an outlet that exists, you don't have a platform that exists, you're going to have to create one. So again, creativity, you, gotta, you have to make yeah. a way. That was, that was about the best answer I could have heard. And now I want to hear from the philosopher. All right, go all KRS-One on us, all right? <laughs> of course. Specifically, I was going to bring up the point, these people who you hire must have a personal philosophy. So my personal life philosophy is self-worth, identity, purpose, and meaning. You have to know what you're worth to understand who you would want to become, to understand what you want to do in order to have an ultimate sense of meaning in your life. So because I have that as my personal life philosophy, I live that out in the day-to-day. And I try to teach other kids that's like, hey, you know, you have to know who you are before you even think about becoming an artist. Because if you don't even think you have the confidence to go out and, and you know face the world, what does it matter if I teach you how to make beats? If you like, this is gets to your question too. Like, you know, how are you gonna go from starving artist to making it artist, whatever that means. If these kids have all the technology, all of the teaching, but they still feel like I can't go in the office and shake that person's hand and look them in the eye and say, here's my CD. The rest of this is meaningless. So a lot of what we do is we promote a, a personal sense of self-worth. I am important. What I do is important. So when I come in these, you know, these, this school, I'm thinking every day, how can I make someone feel really good about themselves? Because that's going to be the most valuable tool I can give them beyond just the creativity. Once they get, once they get confidence and self-worth, they'll approach any program. They'll approach yeah. math. They'll, they'll go into the other subjects and like, oh, wait, Mr. Hank has taught me how to make beats. And I like really overcame that obstacle. Oh, what's, what's math class? I overcame that. So it's like we're giving them a piece of confidence in one area so that they can take it into other areas. That is a great, daggone it. Now I have to define to find which uh, which audio clip I'm going to open up with. Um, that both of those were good. I'll flip a coin at the end of this podcast and see which one. Uh, I always I start off usually a 20 second soundbite, and both of the I I got eight 20 second soundbites out of that. Um, no, so what I, what I love is like I, I had these conversations a lot with one of our co-founders Jamal, um, a, a friend of mine in Tampa. And sometimes he talks about the differences between my class and his. And, and one of the things he does hit on is he's like, you know, sometimes we've got a self-worth problem because he's like, and I'm not going to name his school, but he's like, the environment there, you just didn't like. Like, I, I got to admit, at, at my school, like, it's really nice. And for the most part, I mean, students mostly want to be there. And Jamal is like, you know, when, when you just get, like hit over the head with testing, 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 score, score, score. And they're not really, and, and, and to no fault of their own, I mean, like, you know, some schools are under pressure to make sure their scores get high. Well, all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, the, the, the attitude, the mood is gone. And so therefore, you wanting to be in that room is kind of low. I loved hearing that because you're, you're building up the, the whole child, so to speak, and you're, you're getting them that confidence by doing things. And, and that's, that's what sets my heart on fire, by doing things. Because I think, I think the world is a consumer. 5% of us are producers. And, and, and just, it makes me so 
happy to be able to not just hear from your superintendent about your program, but then see it and hear it and feel it. And then talking to you guys, it, it, it all, it, it's, it's all, it's all in place. So love, love those two answers. Yeah. We had a student this past year who said, this is the only class I feel smart in. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I didn't want to go there, but I'm going to, how do you guys instruct your students to find the balance to not like go too over the top for a three and neglect some of the other things in school? Honestly, <laughs> like maybe two or three years ago, I would have had an answer that would have, you know, I would have uh, rattled off the jargon of like, well, you know, we're going to collaborate and with cross-curricular, you know, so-and-so to get, you know, these project-based learning in the math class. But honestly, like, I don't do anything about that this year. Um, we have kids, like, we have kids that want to spend every single class period in A3 house. And they're, they're some, some of them are not doing too hot in their other classes. And I taught them, like, dude, you know what's going on in the other classes? They're just like, I, just, I'm, I don't want there. I'm not feeling it. It's like, it's not happening. And I, you know, so there, all right, let me, let me, let me get to it from this angle. What the biggest mistake I see in education from my short time in, in this, in this career is that a lot of times we take kids' passions, kids' desires, we take what makes them happy. And we hear this all the time. Let's use it as a carrot to get them to do well in their other classes, to do well in their math class and English class and all these and the, their other standard classes. And I think that's a really big mistake. I think that instead of using it as a carrot to try to like, as an incentive, so what we hear is like, well, how about, you know, we'll have them go in and, 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 and catch up on their math homework. And, and if they finish in time, then they can like come to your class to pursue their passion. And the way that I feel from like, I feel like, no, I feel like, no, if we have discovered their passion and they are motivated enough, they want to spend all day doing it, then that should be number one thing they do in school. I don't think that we're there yet, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to stop them from doing the thing that, that gives them the most fulfillment in life, especially if they're like making a product and making progress with it. I mean, we've got kids, um, we're going to be releasing a series of videos soon. Kids that are actually making money from their passion, making money from video, uh, video work, making money from uh, distributing other students' music, making money from making beats. And they're already like, Mr. D, Mr. H, this is what I want to do in my life. This is how I want to live my life. I want to pursue this as a full-time career. I feel like I, I can't bring myself to say, well, you know, you can do that, but, you know, that's going to be secondary to, you know, getting your grades right. And I know that sounds crazy because it's like you're in a school. Grades are important. But I don't think that grades outdo purpose, meaning, vision, like an actual meaningful, fulfilling life. And so uh, my answer to that, sorry, going on the rant. My answer to that is I do nothing about that. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to answer the question by not answering the question. Um, that makes think, two of you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm being very upfront about it. Uh, I think the problem is that 
these kind of innovative programs that we're doing and the things you're talking about are trying to be stuffed into a system that is inherently contradictory to the program. So if you have a program that says, hey, like be free, be yourself, explore, the, the rest of the day is like, no, do what we tell you to do all the time, do this exactly this way. The two just don't mix. Well, the, the, the worst part is, Mr. Hankins, is that the, it, it's contradictory to the rest of the world now. Yeah, so I think the conversation needs to switch to should these maker spaces and creative programs just exist outside in their own environment because that's where they're going to flourish or should the school system entirely change? I don't think anyone's ever going to change the school system because it takes a lot of work. So I think people need to start moving from thinking like how can we like sort of put the icing on the cake? It's like, no, the cake should be through and through filled with icing and art you know, art should be integrated throughout curriculums. It's not like something you do as an elective. The very fact that something is an elective, like communicates the importance of students like, oh, I have to do math because they make me do it. So that I know it's, I know it's important. Oh, I get to choose to do this. But I don't think you should make art forced, but it's just, you're communicating to the student. Like when you have to go there here, this is what's important. When you get to choose this is not as important. So if you're going to start saying, you know, the future of school is innovation and art and makerspaces, you have to somehow communicate, hey, we really want you to take art because this is not just something that's secondary. Like it's important to, you know, how are you going to function in the world? You've, you've probably read Daniel Pink's A Whole New Mind, right? I've had him on the podcast and he's uh, the reason why I got my class started. I mean, literally that okay. that TED talk, that TED talk is what made me go to my principal seven years ago. Seven, man, that's seven years ago. I show like somebody made me watch that TED talk. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And and yes, to your point, um, he was on the podcast a couple months ago, and I was like, you were talking about this 20 years ago. And he's like, yeah, no. I mean, he's he feels pretty good about it, but like, <laughs> like should. that was that was like in 1998, and he was like, hey, the future of oh, and by the way that whole free agent nation thing he's talking about is upon us. According to Forbes and a couple other studies, half the United States jobs will be freelance in, by 2020. So are we teaching our kids to look for opportunities? Are we, are we teaching them how to be entrepreneurial? Not enough, according to the data. So, well, guys, I seriously, thoroughly, I, I'm going to make it, I, I'm going to, I, I've got to go, come visit. Uh, I'm going to make it a point too, because I love, love what you guys are doing. If there's anything I can do to help, obviously I'm going to be, uh, you know, promoting this like mad because I just, I, it makes my heart happy to hear these things going on. I'm glad uh, that you had a student there. Thank you so much, Mike, for being on. Um, but uh, for anybody else that's interested, they want to get a hold for, for the, for the pay, for the purposes, she's probably under 18. I'm not going to have her give her information, but uh, could you tell everybody where to find you guys, YouTube channels, all that stuff. Yeah, you can find us on uh, YouTube at, uh, I believe it's A3, is it A3 House or A3 Record? Okay, that was the first one, okay. AHS A3 House, and then you can find us also on Twitter um, at A3 Records. Um, you can also find me at, at Dickerson Chance, um, and uh, if you want to shoot us an email, um, see Dickerson at k12albemarle.org. B Hankins2 at k12albemarle.org. If you're searching on Google, just type in A3 House or A3 Records or A3 Albemarle and we'll pop up with a bunch of videos. Um, 
if you really want to see uh, probably the best representation of what we're doing here, um, check out our documentary that we produced last year. It's a full-length documentary of A3 House, the entire birth and, you know, the influence that it's had in the school and the community. It's called A3 Records, the movie. Well, they'll have to contact us directly because it's set to private on YouTube. I took it off private just so I could share it with Dr. Moran and stuff. Cool, guys. Well, again, I, I'm so happy to have you guys on. I'm so happy to hear all the things that are going on and uh, continued success for sure, good guys. All right, thanks for having us. Thank you, Don. All right. There you go. What did I tell you? Amazing stuff, right? Hey, in the links below, you can find all their channels, all their bios, everything. I sincerely want you to reach out to them. Uh, connect with that YouTube channel. See what they're doing. I think it'll inspire you as much as it did me. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Remember, we grow because, A, you guys share, which I sincerely appreciate. But we're also getting a lot of guests because we get recommendations. And today's guest was just that. They were a recommendation. So if you know of an educator that is doing really cool, innovative things, please let us know. We would love the feedback. And also, as always, we love it when the conversation goes to the Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash start it up. Other than that, this is Don Wetrick reminding you again that opportunities are everywhere. We'll see you.